Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The life story of every Christian can be divided into three separate time periods. The first one is the time of life spent without Christ, a time when we were not Christians. You see, none of us were born Christians, even if our parents and grandparents were saved. We all arrived into this world as sinners, and as such, we were separated from God, and as the Word of God says, we were without God and without hope in this world. A sad condition indeed. But after we acknowledged our sin and trusted Christ, the Bible describes us as being in Christ, a glorious truth. We are seen by God as if we had never sinned. In Christ, we have a right standing before God, and as such, we are declared righteous by God himself. And it is from this time forward that we are able to live our lives for his glory, enjoying his presence along the way. And then finally, there's the third section, and that is, with Christ. One day we shall be in his glorious presence. Our future is secure and we will experience the joys of Christ forever in heaven. How wonderful is that? In today's message, evangelist and teacher Mr. Jack Hay looks at these three Bible terms in relation to a believer's life and uses them to remind those who are not saved about where they stand at this moment. We all need to be in Christ and as soon as possible. We trust that Mr. Hayes' message today will shed more light on this important Bible truth. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now the next book of the Bible, Philippians 1, 23 for I am in strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Now our final reading is from Second Corinthians chapter 5, please, verse 16. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away, behold all things are become new. We've been hearing tonight what we commonly call a testimony. Someone's story of conversion. How they came to know the Lord Jesus and experience his saving power in their lives and experience to the forgiveness of sins. It seems to me that these three scriptures that I've read kind of summarize a person's spiritual history if they have believed in the Lord Jesus. We read together in Ephesians chapter 2 that before people are saved, they are without Christ. We're going to think about that. Without Christ. And then there's a phrase that we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I'm sure you remember the story of Noah and his ark. And Noah was in the ark. And the ark was a place of shelter 
for Noah when the judgment of God fell. Now, the Bible, in a sense, lifts that concept and says, when people have believed in the Lord Jesus, they are in Christ. They are united to the Lord Jesus. They are safe from the judgment of God. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, that's not the end of the story. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 about those who believe in the Lord Jesus, someday they are going to be with Christ, which is far better. Three phrases, without Christ, in Christ, with Christ. Now let's think about this just for a little while. In a very graphic way in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul describes the condition of these Ephesians before they were saved. He says they were dead dead in trespasses and in sins. They walked according to the course of this world, all the pleasures of the world, all the vices of the world. They were involved in them all, just went with the crowd, controlled by the devil, dominated by him who is the prince of the power of the air. And as you read down through Ephesians chapter 2, it's a very grim and dark picture that Paul paints of people before they were saved. And it comes to this, at that time you were without Christ. Now you might be sitting there saying, Preacher, they must have been very vile sinners for Paul to say they were without Christ. They must really have been in the gutter. Maybe some of them were criminals and Well, just let me say this to you. Many of them were deeply involved in sin. They'd been involved in the occult, in black magic, in idolatry with all its attendant vices. But not all of them. There was a dozen men there at Ephesus who had a semblance of Christianity about them. They'd even gone to the extent of being baptized. And yet Paul says about them all, when you weren't saved, you were without Christ. My dear friend, that's how the Bible describes you tonight if you've never been saved by the Lord Jesus. You're without Christ. Some of you, some of you may have delved into some of the darker side of life and it could be you've had an addiction and it may be that you've been in trouble with the police and yet you know you're without Christ. But it could be that some of you are very respectable people, maybe even religious Possibly you've a certificate to say that on such and such a day when you were a little child you were baptised in a certain church and you've maybe sung in the choir and you've taken Holy Communion. But my dear friend, if you've never repented of your sins and believed in the Lord Jesus, our verse says you're without Christ. And one of the hymns that we sometimes sing says this, Out of Christ, without a Saviour, oh can it, can it be? Like a ship without a rudder on a wild and stormy sea. Oh, to be without a saviour, with no hope, no refuge, none. Can it be, O blessed saviour, one without thee dares to die? You see, my dear friend, if you live without Christ, you'll die without Christ. And if you die without Christ, you'll be in eternity without Christ. Could it be that you're like the ship without a rudder on a wild and stormy sea? Perhaps some of you have heard about the great German warship, the Bismarck. The Bismarck managed to get out of port, but the Allied forces were after the Bismarck. And they dogged its footsteps, as we might say. Eventually, they tried to corner the Bismarck, but the Bismarck was virtually impregnable. But 
an old swordfish aircraft dropped a torpedo, a torpedo that would never have dented the Bismarck. But it just caught it on the rudder, and the ship was disabled because it had no rudder. And there it was, at the mercy of the Allied forces, and they bombarded it, and they sunk the Bismarck. Because it was like a ship, it was a ship, without a rudder, on a wild and stormy sea. And tonight, friend, if you're without Christ, you're rudderless, and exposed to the judgment of God, drifting through life, onward and forward. And as fast as the wheels of time can carry you, you're going onward and downward to eternal ruin. Oh, I beg of you tonight, have a care for your soul and realize there's a God in heaven who loves you and a Savior who died in shame so that your sins could be forgiven and so that you could be rid of the tyranny of sin. Tonight you're out of Christ. You're without Christ. But you know, the whole situation could change. And if you have the experience, and if tonight you were to come to the Lord Jesus and repent of your sins and believe on him, you would be in Christ, the Bible says. And the word of God says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, there's something else that the Bible tells us about those who are in Christ. It says there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And that simply means once a person has been saved by the Lord Jesus, they are no longer exposed to the judgment of God. They will never be in hell for the long eternity. They are secure, no condemnation. But I want you to understand that God is a holy God. And it's not that he turns a blind eye to human sin and sweeps it under the rug. Every sin has got to be accounted for. So how could a holy God remove the threat of his judgment from my unworthy head? Well, what happened was this. Out of affection for the likes of me, he sent his own dear son into this world. And the Lord Jesus Christ came from yonder glory, was born as a little infant at Bethlehem, grew up in this world, lived a perfect life, and at the end of his time here, he died on a cross. Why did he die? Isaiah tells us he was wounded for our transgressions. Paul says he died for our sins. Peter says he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Hearer, that is why he died. He bore the penalty that we deserved. And because the Lord Jesus, out of willing love, suffered and bled and died on Calvary's old rugged cross, God can come out to you tonight and say, Mister, I'm able to save your soul. Madam, I can clear you of your guilt. Young person, I can set you on the royal road that leads to heaven. God says I'm able to do it because my son has died upon the cross. And there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's a story we used to hear that came from your country. Not these parts, but further west. Apparently, many, many years ago, a prairie fire was raging. and the path of that prairie fire, there was a little homestead. And the people who were there, their lives were in danger. But apparently, the gentleman went out and he set fire to the grass at his feet and watched a new wall of flame go on its way. And then, after it had receded, he stepped onto the blackened earth and watched as the original fire 
came towards him. And as that wall of flame approached, it broke and went round about, because there was nothing combustible left, you see. And the man and his family were standing where the fire had already been. And because they were standing where the fire had already been, they escaped the flames that were approaching. Now, I wonder if you could apply the illustration. As a believer in the Lord Jesus, I am standing where the fire has already been. By that I mean this, the fire of God's judgment that should have been mine forever and ever and ever was borne by my blessed Saviour when he suffered and bled and died on Calvary's cross. Tell me, are you standing where the fire has already been? Is Christ your Saviour? Can you say tonight, there is no condemnation, there is no hell for me, torment and the fire my eyes shall never see. Bless God that because the Lord Jesus died on the cross, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But are you in Christ? Or are you still without Christ? I just want to tell you, you could trust him tonight. He's alive. If you were willing to call on him for mercy, because he's alive, he's able to hear you, your appeal. We don't preach it enough. The fact that he rose from the dead. Way back in the 80s, I visited Israel. We were shown the garden tomb, and there was a little Englishman, a fine old Christian gentleman, and he was telling us that the week prior to us being there, a sceptical Jew had been there, and he'd said to him, What makes this old tomb any different from any other ancient tomb around here? And in a flash, the old man had said this to him, It's empty. It's empty. Now, I've no idea whether that cave is authentic or not, but I'll tell you this. Wherever they laid the Lord Jesus, in whatever tomb he occupied, it's empty. Now, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He's alive. And that living Saviour longs to be your Saviour tonight. And I urge you earnestly to turn to the living Saviour and say in effect, Jesus, I will trust thee. Trust thee with my soul. I'm guilty, lost, helpless, but thou canst make me whole. There is none in heaven or on earth like thee. Thou hast died for sinners. Therefore, Lord, for me, we're preaching about a living Saviour. My dear friends, the Lord Jesus Christ never saw corruption, the Bible says. He is alive from the grave. And that living Saviour wants to be your Saviour tonight, if you will but trust him, and you'll be in Christ. But our verse says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. But the old things passed away, and everything became new. The Word of God tells us, friends, that when you trust the Lord Jesus, you're just now like a newborn babe in the family of God. You're the member of a new family. Oh, you say, are we not all God's children? No, we're all God's creatures, but we're not all God's children. I'm absolutely certain in many places in your city, there will be people who will clasp their hands and say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And God's not their father at all, because they've never been born again into the family of God. Have you been born again into the family of God? Are you a member of that new, a newborn babe in the family? Of God. And the Bible says too that if you trust the Lord Jesus, He'll put a new song 
in your mouth. In other words, friends, the Lord Jesus provides contentment, real happiness. Now, please, I'm not suggesting that your main motive in coming to Christ is that you'll have a more fulfilled life, a happier life, a more contented life. No, your main point in coming to Christ is he'll rid you of the plague of sin. He'll make sure you're in heaven for the long eternity. But one of the byproducts of coming to the Lord Jesus is he does satisfy. He satisfies the longing soul, the Bible says. And Christians love to sing, now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. And hearer, the Bible says to you tonight, O taste and see that the Lord is good. We can tell you of the joy and satisfaction that belongs to those who are in Christ. But you'll never experience it unless you personally taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you willing tonight to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus and be no longer without Christ, but rather in Christ, a new creature, all things passed away, all things become new? What's your prospect if you do trust in the Lord Jesus? Says Paul, you'll be with Christ. With Christ. You see, believing in the Lord Jesus doesn't exempt you from the trials of life, including illness. Christians grow old, not all of them, but normally Christians grow old, bodies deteriorate, and eventually an illness will take them away. What happens? Body is placed in the grave, but the real person is with Christ, the Bible says. Their spirit is with the Lord Jesus. What about you? Are you going to be in heaven for eternity? A gentleman said to me just a very few weeks ago, I hope so, I hope, I hope, I hope, I had to say to him, Sir, hoping just won't do. Supposing I left the hall tonight and said, I'm hoping to go to Toronto, but instead of going east, I go west, and somewhere along the highway you say to me, Jack, where did you say you were going? Heading for Toronto. Oh, now, this isn't the way to Toronto. You're on the wrong road. But I'm hoping to get there. Do you think that hoping to get there would take me? No. If I'm going to get there, I've got to get on the road that leads there. Now, my dear friend, if you're going to be in the right destination for eternity, you've really got to get on the road that leads there. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Are you willing to get on the path to heaven tonight by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ? Or will you say, I'll run the risk. I'll take my chances. Maybe there's no God. No heaven, no hell. No eternity. Maybe it's all just a big religious hoax. I'll run the risk. I'll take my chances. What a rude awakening when death comes knocking. And you find that instead of your spirit winging its way free to the presence of God to be with Christ, to use the Bible's words, in fact, the words of the Lord Jesus, you would be in hell and you would be in torment. And the thing is, friend, it's forever. Where you find yourself one second after you die, that's where you will be forever. Eternity. Time soon will end. Its fleeting moments pass away. O sinners, say, 
Where wilt thou spend eternity's unending day? Wilt thou the hopeless horror see of hell for all eternity? Eternity, but Jesus died. Yes, Jesus died on Calvary. Behold him, thorn-crowned, crucified, the sinless one, made sin for thee. O sinner, haste, for refuge flee, he saves, and for eternity. It's only those who are in Christ, those who have been saved by the Lord Jesus, who will be with Christ at the end of life's journey. I close with this. On the day the Lord Jesus was crucified, two others died on crosses beside him. One of them, we call him the dying thief. At the start of that day, he was without Christ, unforgiven, unsaved, and on the very brink of eternity, right at the doors of hell, without Christ. But at one point during that day, he realized, it's a savior who's dying by my side. And the wounds of Calvary make forgiveness and salvation available to me. And he turned to the Lord Jesus and he said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he repented and believed in the Lord Jesus. And now he was in Christ. And the man who started the day without Christ was now in Christ. And before the day had ended, the Lord Jesus had died as an act of his own volition. And his spirit was with the Father. He was in paradise. And not long afterwards, they came to the two thieves and they saw that they lingered. And one of the soldiers took a big mallet and he broke the legs of that man. The heart could take the strain no longer. And death came and his spirit flew free to be with Christ. The first Christian welcomed home to glory was the thief who had died by his side at the start of the day without Christ. At one point in the day now in Christ. And by the end of the day, with Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, as you reach the end of the day, supposing the end of this day was the end of your last day on earth, when your pulse weakens and the lights go out, will you be with Christ, which is far better? Oh, think about it. Make up your mind. My heart is fixed, eternal God fixed on thee. And my immortal choice is made, Christ for me. Well, it should be obvious to all that we need to move out of the first category, that is of being without Christ, as soon as we can. And this is not so hard, as long as we agree with God. We are sinners who cannot save ourselves. Sinners who need Christ, and Christ alone for salvation and for the forgiveness of sins. Have you trusted him? If not, are you willing to do that now? Are you willing to trust the only Savior of sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Savior and Lord? Only then will you receive spiritual life, something you never had before. And only then will you be sure of a blessed destiny with Christ in heaven when life is over. What a great message the gospel is. Trust Christ today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.